Are you ready? I am, indeed. This is episode number six. Hello, this is legendary voice Alvin Sheep. Welcome to another episode of 17 Minutes. It's another Friday before sunset, so please sit back or lay back and enjoy a breath of life. And now, La Poule and A. Let us talk about isolation. I don't know about you, but fuck me if this is not going on way too long and I'm not sure that we as humans really know how to how to cope or how to actually get beyond coping but to turn this into something that's viable because I think it it's going to last a little bit longer and uh you can only cope for so long. Yay! I'm happy. I'm happy that we're all in isolation. I'm happy that people don't come up to me like, oh, can I give you a hug, bro, lady, ma'am, buddy. I don't want to hug you, dog. Just can we just can we just give an air high five? Cool. No, I'm gonna give you kisses, hello, give me a hug. Oh, I don't have to do any of that. Two. Oh, dude, really? Why'd you have to cough right now? I've I've bet the last few years when I travel, I get sick all the time. Because they're gonna go up in the airplane or someplace. There's somebody coughing and sneezing on me, and I cover my face, and they're thinking, "How rude!" Now, it's the norm. So I'm happy because I have not been sick since this whole pandemic started. Normally, I would have already had three colds at least over the over this season, at least three colds. So this is the longest I've been healthy. Now, am I sad? Yes, because we have a president, a leader who has told people this isn't real for his own gain, and he's made it into a political thing, and so some people aren't taking it seriously. There's a comedian named Sebastian, and I, I watch him once in a while, um, and he's funny because he's <laughs> he's taking it real seriously, and you know you can go listen to him yourself, listen to talk about it. But he's been in isolation and him and his wife have been taking this real seriously. And so a lot of people have. So for me, yay. I'm probably along the lines of Sebastian. So since March 17th, I have not been to the gas station. I have not been in a grocery store. I have not, I haven't really gone anywhere. I get in the car, I drive around for half an hour or a little bit more um, once a week. So I'm not encountering anybody. We have groceries delivered. We still sanitize them. And we put a lot of things sort of into short-term quarantine for, you know, a day or two before we bring it into the house. I started that in March and I saw some hope in that we would get a little handle on everything that was going on. But, you know, people were not wearing masks. Um, People were congregating together. So now I feel like those assholes have basically put me back into, not well, I can't say back into because I never left it, but have extended my personal time of 
trying to be respectful of other people's health and their lives for sort of an indefinite period, because I still don't see that people in general are over 80% wearing their masks. I I still think we're probably at 60 to 70%, at least in at least in the state that I live in. And we're watching the numbers go up. We're also watching now internationally where some of the countries had done really well. And they are now discovering that, quote unquote, reopening up did not serve them well. And they're having to backstep as well. I'm tired of being at home. I'm tired of folks buying into the idea that 140,000 people haven't died, that 4 million people haven't struggled or, you know, been infected with COVID, some of them very seriously. They're fortunate they're not dead, but they've got a long road to recovery. I know some of these people, you know, I see people on the internet, you know, do you personally know anyone who's had COVID? Like they're trying to prove themselves, right? That, well, nobody I know has had COVID, so it doesn't exist, but I got I got dead people and I've got people who have been sick. It's there and it exists. And I'm tired of having a minority kind of put a lot of us in position where we're stuck at home still. That all makes sense. I mean, honestly, you take things a lot more seriously in life in general than I do. You're much more of a planner, you know, and for me, I'm really kind of winging this in a way because I, I've made my own regime to keep myself safe. Uh, I still go to the grocery store. I just go on, on off-peak hours. There's social distancing in the stores I go to. If one store is crowded, if I drive to the parking lot and it's crowded, I won't go. I'll come back at 10 o'clock at night right before they're going to close or something like that. Or I'll because the morning time is usually worse. But where I am, people wear masks. Like all the stores require masks for you to come in. People are so, social distance themselves. So And then like uh, I, I eat at three restaurants if I eat. I drive through that's all I do. I go, I'll go through the drive-thru. I'll go to them. I get home. I do the same thing. I try to sanitize it once I get home. And I keep a little sprayer with some with alcohol and water in my car. And I spray myself down every time and wash my hands. So I follow those basic rules. But yeah, it's just uh, like I had to do the election where I am. So I was like a, an alternate judge. And we worked at the polls. And I mean, some people took it seriously and some didn't and it divided right down party lines for the most part not not completely because there's there's a lot of you know people that they're still should know better and they they still don't don't adhere to it in my opinion i look back at the at the 1918 pandemic uh the spanish flu it lasted until 1921 1922 or so and that's when it kind of started started to die out a little bit there's a thing called herd immunity. I'm sure you've heard people talk about that. I just think that this is something that we lost control of. You know, George Bush was supposed to have this. He had the bird flu and he read about the 1918 pandemic and he was like, holy mac, I got, I got a lot of things wrong. I'm not getting this one wrong. And he got it right. <laughs> right. And then Obama was handed a playbook by the Bush administration and says, hey, this is what you should be concerned with. From what I understand, the Obama administration, when they came in, they were given a series of events to respond to. One was a cyber attack, one was a pandemic, and the third one was a natural disaster. Those are all based on lessons learned from the previous administration. They responded to it and they struggled, you know, but they did a left seat, right seat handoff for all that information. And they made a playbook and they passed it on to the, the next president. 
but that Trump did, didn't take it seriously. How did Trump do on the Puerto Rico disaster? Horribly. How did Trump do on COVID-19? He didn't, wouldn't even acknowledge it. And even the team he had could have done better, but he chose not to. Uh, so far, cyber attack, he's, we haven't had a big cyber attack because the team has been in place. And hopefully he learns some lessons on this. So was this preventable? Yes. Is it, will we recover from it? Yeah. We just got so far behind on it and we're wading water in this. So it's going to, we're to the point now that all thing we can do is like you said, is just keep trying and wait till it passes. I believe that this, we're going to see a lot more deaths. We're going to see a lot more loss. Uh, this election coming up by November 3rd is going to be bad because it's going to be followed right by a flu season. And so this is going to push deeper into like March and May. And then we have a new administration. So let's see what, what they do. If it's a new administration, there'll be hope. But the truth of the matter is, I think even Trump would have learned by then. And I think he'll be able to respond to it better, even if he does win. You know, so either way, I think that by 2021, by June or so, we'll have this under control. But we have a ways to go. And this is just assuming this is just COVID-19. Who knows what COVID-20 is going to bring? You know, that's that's my take on it. But it's just too bad that he just didn't take it seriously. And again, who knows what's who knows what's coming behind this? I'm waiting for the zombie virus because <laughs> you want it. You want people to go around trying to bite other people's heads off so you can shoot them first. I don't want to. I'm telling you, that's going to happen next. The zombie virus is going to happen. This is a good eye opener because people that don't take this seriously aren't going to take that seriously either. There's a show called The Strain. If you ever saw The Strain, take a look at that. Because that's basically what I, I see happening. You know, pe- some people didn't take it seriously and it's just, it, it spread fast. So this has been a really good sign of like, you know, this is, this is Darwinism. Whether you believe in Darwinism or not, social Darwinism is obviously real. If people don't take this seriously. It's going to wipe out a large chunk of the population. They're non-believers. But then there'll be those that are slow and don't run fast and have, and have ailments they're going to be caught up to. I'm talking when the zombie virus hits, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a prelude but um yeah we'll see what we'll, we'll see what comes down the pipeline next uh and in my opinion i think that we'll be out of this again by june 2020s when at june 2021 is the first that we're gonna be able to really start lifting our heads above this and kind of getting back to normal you're basing it on what happened with the pandemic in, in 1918. Yeah. I don't know that this coronavirus is acting exactly the same as that one. There are still so many unknowns. The positive thing that we have, I guess, going for us is that our science and our technology is more significant as far as developing therapies, treatments, and vaccines more so than it was back then. But we're also still stuck with basically the same avoidance behavior, which is wear a mask, right? So that technology has not advanced in a hundred years, which to me is frustrating. And it's frustrating that at least that I live in a country where people are very divided. It's been turned into uh, a political stand. For instance, that, you know, people are willing to show up where you are working at the polls recently and they're saying it's their right to basically expose you to uh, a potentially deadly virus and i don't understand how people ethically and morally can conduct themselves like that 
I only had two that came to my polling area that did that. Both were Republican. One was a staffer. Can I say the lady's name? No. One was a staffer for a lady that was running locally. And it was one of her staffers that came without the mask on. So, and then she was asked that afterwards later on. And she was like, you know, talking to people and without a mask. So again, this this got this is the first time I've known health department issued to get politicized. And again, understand that the Spanish flu killed a lot more people, but there's a certain pattern. Like Woodrow Wilson was in denial about it. Right. Trump is very much sort of repeating how Wilson uh, conducted himself at the time. And so that's what I'm kind of basing it on. I'm basing it on a, a pattern that I've seen before as far as what I think. Oh, and by the way, in my opinion, I know that you say that we haven't changed from masks, but we didn't have M95 masks back then. So the quality of masks has changed a lot. And I think in the future, we'll get even better masks. You know, the truth is, if you're in the military, you should be wearing a gas mask. It's not getting through a gas mask. If you're in full mop gear, you're not going to catch the virus technically. Those are for NBC environments, which is nuclear, biological, and chemical environments. Yeah. There are limited supplies for that. There are also more limited supplies uh, for, say, the N95. Or if it's not a limited supply, people are limited by their finances and their ability to purchase uh, enough of those. Let's say that they're having to go to work every single day and their work environment doesn't provide them with that kind of mask. So there are concerns there. My point about the technology is not necessarily about the quality or the efficacy of the mask, but that we're still having to strap something over the front of our face, the various holes that go into our head (laughs) uh, and uh, to prevent something that we can't see from invading our tissue and uh, trying to kill us. Until you're living in the matrix, this is how it's going to be. Once you're in the matrix, yeah, it's at least least your concerns because your nose isn't really there. <laughs> Wait, do you think we're living in the matrix? Yes, that's a different story. Yes, I do. We'll talk about that at, uh, in in a future episode. We are coming up. Uh, I think we've got a minute to keep talking about this. Matrix Four is coming out sometime, and so I can wait to see that. Is it going to be live action? Live action, yes. It's going to be a prequel. Oh, fantastic. Who did they cast? Um, They casted three of the original ones. I think they casted, uh, who's the guy that played uh, Doogie Howser? Yeah, I know. And now his, his name just blew out of my head. But they cast him. He's in it too, and I, I don't know his role exactly. Some say he was a, he's a guy with a spoon. I've heard that before. He could be the villain or a good guy. It's unknown. I'd love to see him as a villain, you know, because, I mean... The guy has been typecast as, well, not typecast, but type named as Doogie Hauser for so long that it would be fantastic to have a Doogie Hauser adversary. I think it would be quite entertaining. I've seen him in everything. I, I think he's great. So he's a he's a doctor. He's he's definitely staple in Hollywood. So he'll he'll be great in it. And um, and I forget who else. There's a there's a brother man who's supposed to play an early version of um of Morpheus. Oh, nice, excellent. And I, th- I think the Duke, uh, what, I can't remember his name, but we'll call him the Dookie Hauser guy. The Dookie Hauser guy, he may be playing the original architect. Ooh. He may. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. So I just know little bits and pieces of that was filming right now. Um, yes, yeah, so we'll see. But I guess I can just wrap it up real quick and go. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't even know when this will come out. By the time this comes out, this COVID-19 virus may be over. <laughs> but years now... <laughs> years now, we'll look back and go, well, was it really that bad? And uh, it, it was it was kind of bad, but it wasn't as bad as we're probably making it out to be. But yeah, it was bad because people didn't take it seriously. I mean, there's, what, 150,000 deaths so far right now? Uh, yeah. In the U.S.? Yep. Anyway, so that was a fun conversation. Thanks for sharing. You're welcome. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a blessed Sabbath and Shabbat Shalom.